Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Let's open our Bibles today to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians and chapter 11. 2 Corinthians and chapter 11. We're finishing a series, uh, a series called Jesus, and you say, couldn't you have come up with something more creative? Well, listen, it's not about just creativity. Jesus is the reason for the season. In the first week, we talked about God being with us, that he's not, he didn't just visit us, but he's with us today. He's present with you and I today. And the second week we talked about how he came to save us. His name, Jesus, actually means Savior. It's, it's In the Hebrew it was Joshua in the Old Testament, but it means God our, our salvation. And that's who Jesus is. He's our Savior. He's here to help us presently in our lives. And then last week I ministered a message called Stop Acting Like an Outsider. And it was from the book of Ephesians chapter 2 where Paul the Apostle wrote to the Gentile church and he said to them, I know you weren't born a Jew, so you don't understand citizenship, you don't understand covenants of promise, you don't understand God being with you, you don't understand all these things, but don't keep living like that. He says, you have to know that God is on your side, he's with you, you have citizenship, you have covenant, you have the presence of God, you have the anointing of God on your life. He's speaking uh, to you. you can catch up on all those things on podcasts. But today, we're going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and it's, it's a real simple message uh, this morning, and I know the Lord, uh, this is directly from him today, straight out of the word of God, and so let's open our hearts and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. I'd like for us to read this out loud and read this loudly, and let's fill this room with the voice of God's word today. Can we do it? Let's say it together. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. He says, as your minds, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, I don't want your minds to be deceived and to pull away from the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. Jesus, the simplicity. You know, I know we all know this. In fact, maybe we sing it together. Jesus loves me. Come on. This I know. Sing it with me. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but is strong. Sing, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Oh, come, let us adore Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the 
it's nothing new. It's something that we've been singing all of our lives, songs we've been singing all of our lives. But I tell you, your relationship with the Lord, my relationship with the Lord is simplicity. It's simple. It's simple. I've been married for over 20 years now. And the relationship that I have with my wife, it's not like I'm always looking for something. Come on, I need something fresh. I need something new. That's how you end up having another wife, <laughs> right? The reality is, is, yeah, you do need to keep things fresh and you do need to keep things new. But I'll tell you, more than anything, you need to keep things simple. You need to keep things real. The, that you connect heart to heart. Can I tell you, your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with Jesus is going to be forever. Not just on this earth, it's going to be forever. So it's a good, he's a good person to get to know. He's a good person to spend time with. He's a good person just to hang out with and to love and to talk to. Um, Christmas, it's something we're going to celebrate every year. And as much as it, you know, it's new, what are we going to do this year? What are we going to do to outdo last year? The reality of it is, is when we come back to it, to the true meaning of Christmas, it's really about Christ, right? And I know you've heard this before. In fact, when the Lord laid it on my heart and said, I want you to talk about keeping Christmas simple, keeping Jesus simple, and really staying simple. Staying simple. That's the message today. Staying simple. Staying simple about life. About your walk with the Lord. About Jesus. Staying simple. About Christmas. Keeping it simple. We're not trying to outdo anybody else. We're, we're trying to really gain a, a close heart with the Lord. I remember hearing the story of this store owner that was doing some last minute Christmas shopping with his son. He was out with his son and he was at a different shop and it happened to be a really good year with the economy and shopping and all the things that were going on in the two. And one business owner is talking to the other business owner and they exchanged a conversation and said, hey, it's a great Christmas this year, isn't it? And uh, they knew it was really financially pro profitable that year and the small boy that went with the one of the, you know, the business owner that was visiting he overheard his father say this is the best Christmas ever and as the store owner parted company the father and his son uh, kept shopping and the father noticed that the son had become very quiet so he asked his son hey, why are you so quiet is everything okay and he said dad you just told Mr. Johnson that this was the best Christmas ever he said I did son he said, the economy's great. People are really shopping and they're spending money and our business is doing well. He said, but dad, I thought the first Christmas was the best Christmas ever. Now, I know that that's, you know, something we go, oh, you know, that's, but do you know there's a lot of truth in that? That sometimes we try to build upon the real meaning and make it better and better. Oh, it was so good. Why? Because this and because that. Maybe there was more feelings. Maybe there was more more this and more that and more that and more this. But can I tell you, the real meaning, when we come back down to it, the real meaning of Christmas is, is Jesus. Do we have a relationship with Jesus? And does your family and do your friends and people, do they know how much the Lord loves them? And maybe they don't want to hear about Jesus. So you can't preach Jesus to them, but you can be Jesus to them. In other words, you can love them. You can care for them. You can speak words of life, speak words of hope, care about them, not just the things 
about Christmas. Life has a tendency to get really complex. How many of us would agree with that? I've, I've been involved. I've, I'm a musician. I've played for a lot of weddings, probably hundreds of weddings. I've played organ, like, you know, something like this. I've ministered and, and officiated. And I always try to encourage the couple to bring it back down to what the wedding's about so that a wedding doesn't turn into an event. You know what I mean? That by the time you get to the wedding, the couple, I do, they're ticked off. They're stressed. They're tired. They get into the very day and they don't even enjoy the day because the event didn't all come together and things didn't fall. We tend to turn a weddings into events. We tend to turn Christmas into decorating and shopping and presents and all those things. We tend to turn Jesus into religion, Right? People come because they're just empty for God. They're void of God. And they come to church and they get religion. And they get stuff. Can I tell you, Jesus is enough. The person, church, come on. The person of Jesus is enough. If we walked in and we didn't have all the stuff and the fluff and the decor and all that, and we walked in and said, guess what? Jesus is with us today. Do you know Jesus himself is able to make himself real to people? Staying simple. I'm talking with you about staying simple today. So 2 Corinthians says, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Notice Satan's crafty. He came and got her attention on something that it shouldn't be. As the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Another word for simplicity is purity that's in Christ. Just the sim simple Jesus. Simple Christmas, simple Christ. Well, where did Satan deceive Eve? Genesis chapter three and verse one, it says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Notice what Satan did. He took God's word. There was a simple scenario that happened. He created Adam and Eve and they're in the garden and he said, Hey, I'm going to provide everything for you. The only thing I'm going to say is eat of the, you can eat of this tree, of all the trees of the garden you can eat, just don't eat of this tree. Some people say, well, why did God set them up for sin? Because God wants to give us choice. He didn't make us robots to where we didn't have, we didn't have no choice. He wanted to give us choice. So he said, just don't eat of this tree of the garden. Well, what do you think Satan's after? He's after the tree that God said not to eat of, right? He always does it in our lives. And so he comes over and he just... They just said, don't eat of the tree of the garden. So he comes to Eve. He catches Eve kind of maybe glancing over at the tree. And here's this serpent, you know, comes up. Has God indeed said? And she's, you know, obviously, it didn't sound like she was surprised. Maybe they talked to snakes back then or something. But, but the reality is, is she looks over and Satan says this. He's cunning. He says, has God indeed said? Satan tried to get her to question what God said. And God said something very simple. And said, has God indeed said? Then the woman said in verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the trees of the garden, but the tree of the, uh, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Well, God didn't really even say, don't, nor shall you touch it. He just said, don't eat it, right? So she says, God said, don't eat of the you know, tree and touch it, lest you die. She should have just walked away. How many of you would you agree? She just said, this is what God said. Let's keep it simple, right? And just walk away. But she sat there and started contemplating what God said. See, because anytime Satan 
wants to deceive us. He always wants to go back and make us rethink and get us off of what God said. Verse 4, it says, And the serpent said to the woman, listen, you shall not surely die. Come on, it's ridiculous. Listen, for God knows, for God knows, for God knows. I want you to notice, he said, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God knowing good and evil. What Satan did and what Satan does is he tries to get our focus off of what God said and onto what God knows. Listen, off of what God said. See, if we can just keep it simple, what did God say? What does God say in his word? God said this, and he got over and said, well, God knows. You know, don't we say this today that when we're going through crud in our lives stuff, and someone comes and goes, I'm going through a lot of stuff, and you go, well, God knows. No, it's not just that God knows. It's what did God say? Church, I said it's not just what God knows. Because, see, if you can keep it in what God knows, then you just say, well, I'm not really sure. It's really in God. It's really God. I'm not really sure. And that can be something that can get our eyes off of what God, what God said. See, it, God, he said, has God really said, for God knows. And I think that's what we do sometimes. Well, God knows, right? This is craftiness. He's getting their attention. When she got her attention off of what God said, simple, and on to, well, God knows, she started questioning what really, like, well, why would God do that? Well, did he really mean that? And then we start focusing on our, leaning to our own understanding and making decisions outside of God's will in our lives, okay? So when the woman, notice verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eye and desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and eat it. Notice when the woman saw the scenario, she got her eyes on other things than just the simplicity of what God said. She started evaluating, right? And she started making decisions based upon her evaluation and thus the destruction of humanity, right? <laughs> thus sin came into our lives when we didn't just focus on the simplicity. And that's what Paul's saying here in 2 Corinthians 11. He's saying, just as the enemy, the craftiness that the enemy deceived Eve through getting her eyes off of the simplicity of what the Lord said, and onto other things, and she started evaluating. She made decisions that really took her away from God, not closer to God. And he said, don't let the enemy destroy the purity of the simplicity of Jesus, the simplicity of Christmas, the simplicity of the word of God. Am I speaking to somebody today? Yeah, listen, so when the woman saw, when God gave simple instructions, Satan complicated it, and he gave more things to think about. You know, sometimes, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about this? See, we get into uh, being a believer, and it's very simple. I was blind, but now I see. I was going to hell, but now I'm going to heaven. I didn't have hope in my heart, but now God filled my hope. And all of a sudden, other people will come and say, but have you thought about this? 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 And we get our religion, our faith, our belief so complicated that we end up saying, I don't even have time to process all that. He's not trying to get you to think more. I'll tell you what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to trust him. Now, it's not that what he's saying isn't deep. And it's not that we shouldn't study the word. We should study to show yourself approved to God. But don't let the depth 
complicate you from the real simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen today? Satan complicated, and Paul said, I fear that Satan will do this to you too. He'll take you away from things because of the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. I remember when I was about 18 years old, I was so in love with the Lord. I used to spend time just reading the Bible. I used to spend time with my guitar, with my piano, just worshiping God, loving God, just talking to God one-on-one, and I had such a close one-on-one relationship with God. And then I remember I went to Bible school, and it messed me up. Now, it wasn't Bible school that messed me up. It was all of the thoughts and has God indeed said. You understand? It wasn't the serpent. It was the professor. (laughs) But no, nothing against the professor. They didn't mean anything, and they weren't trying to do anything. But it was all of these thoughts. Now, you know, this was scripture, and have you thought about this, and what about this, and all these options and things, that I remember something on the inside. I've stopped, I stopped reading the Bible on my own. I stopped just opening the Bible and just reading it with, with God. I stopped sitting down and just worshiping God on my own. And I started processing about God instead of being with God. I started evaluating God and my beliefs rather than being with God. See, Jesus said, uh, when I leave, he said, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's gonna help you to know God because he is God. He's gonna help you. So really, being with the Holy Spirit, being with the word, being in the presence of God and just keeping things very simple. Now, it's important to be around teachers and be around people who help open up the word and uh, you know, help you to understand things. But here's the point. When it gets so complex to where your faith is in your head, and not in your simple belief. Sometimes it can get too complicated. And I remember I'd spend less and less time with God. My relationship with the Lord was very shallow. I'd start to praise the Lord, and I wouldn't sense his presence anymore. I'd start to get close to God. Then I began to doubt things of the Lord. Studying more about God, I began to doubt God. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. You, get, you feel like you're getting deeper, but you're just getting more facts, Right? See, what happened with the, with the serpent, with Adam and Eve, remember what happened to them, the very first thing that happened to them when they sinned or when they ate of the tree? Their eyes were open. They had more pros and cons and good and evil. Remember, it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, not the tree of the knowledge of evil. They, they were getting good. But can I tell you, if God says don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it wasn't that, more is not always better. That's my point. More is not always better. See, because it could be good, it can be bad, it can be good, but if it's not God, it's wrong. Right? God said, don't eat of that tree. He says, I don't want Satan to, or the serpent to deceive you like he deceived Eve and take you away from the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. The simplicity. (laughs) I remember the same thing happened when I used to sit on the piano and write all kinds of songs. I'd write dozens of songs, even hundreds of songs. I'd just write songs and we'd sing them in church. And I'd write songs and write songs and write songs. And then I went to music college. I started studying theory. And I started studying counterpoint. And I started studying all of the, I mean, the, 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 the deeper levels of things. And I ended up getting my graduate degree in music. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, the more that I studied, though, the more my creativity naturally, 
I'd stop, I, my, my songwriting would slow down. And I started getting to the point to where I'd think, there's so many good songs out there, why would I ever want to write anymore? And I realized something was drying up inside of me. Why? More was not always better. More facts, more understanding. I need to know the 360 degree about how things are going. Sometimes the 360 degree will make you doubt just the simplicity in it all. And I remember coming aside and just saying, Lord, with my faith, with my music, with all the things, I'm going to lay some of these things aside. Not that, I'm not, not that they're not all true. They're all true. But I'm going to come back and just bring things back to a simple relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. A simple worship to where now, I love it. When, when nobody's home at my house, I go, I sit at the piano. I don't pull out chord charts. I don't pull out, and I just sit and play a couple of chords and sing to Jesus again. And you know what? He shows up. He's right there with me. It, 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 it's almost like where I started again. I, start, I, I come back to where I started again, and that's staying simple. How many would agree that, that you need that? You need to stay simple in your faith. Stay simple with Christmas. Stay simple with Jesus in your life. The enemy's sneaky. And here's the one thing I know about being sneaky. If he can't hold you back, he'll push you forward. If he can't, if he can't hold back information for you, he'll give you more than you need. And you'll say, okay, you want info? Here you go, right? If he can't demote you, he'll promote you. And he'll get you so busy that you don't even have time to serve the Lord. There's been people who come in and they'll say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm desperate. I need a good job. I, need, I just need God to provide for me. And I pray for him a job and then I don't see him in church anymore because they're working every Sunday. You know, the reality is it's, it, the enemy can get you one way or it can get you the other way. I think it's very important to come back and say, let's stay pure. Let's stay simple let's stay after what's really real and that's the things of the lord he wants to use the enemy will use our weight against us he'll use our own self our own thoughts whatever you're strong at the enemy wants to use it against you if you are an intellectual he'll take that beautiful awesome intellectual mind and make you doubt god with it if you're emotional He'll take those emotions and make you feel yourself right out of that. I'm not feeling it today. I'm not feeling, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. Whatever it is, he'll take your strengths and use them against you. The enemy is sneaky. So it's important to stay simple with Jesus. Here's what the simplicity is with Jesus. That Jesus is God with us. Jesus is our savior. Jesus came to bring us into the family of God. I believe that even coming to church, why don't a lot of people come to church? Because I believe they can get God, they just can't get religion. They can understand and really take in God, but they really don't know what to do with all the rest of the stuff that comes with it. You know what I mean? Uh, I know sometimes you walk into a restaurant and uh, like I'll walk into a restaurant and I like, the, I like the main stuff, you know? Like if we're walking in and getting some chicken, I'll just say, I'll have some chicken. And then they'll say, would you like this and this and this and this? No, I'll just have some chicken. 
And they'll say, well, really, the rest of it comes with it. Well, okay, you can go ahead and bring all the rest of the stuff. But really, I'm after this. Sometimes the other stuff can crowd what it's really all about. Sometimes I'll see with decor or with art or with things that they'll have this beautiful focus point and then they crowd it with the frames and they'll crowd it with the decor and they'll crowd it with this and they'll crowd it with that that you forget what even the focus point is again. What is it all about? What is, what is, what is it all about it comes down to? When you're adding to the main thing, listen, make sure that the main thing's always featured. And I mean in every area of your life. Christmas, again, with, with your life with the Lord. Make sure that the main thing stays the main thing. That's how we can make sure to keep the enemy out. Make sure the main thing stays the main thing. It's not how much you know, but it's how deeply you know it. Remember, Jesus even asked the question, to his disciples that walked with him, who do people say that I am? What do people say about me? And they said, well, some say this and some say that and some say this. You know, I've stood under preachers and under people who would even say the word of God and they won't even tell you what they believe. They'll say, well, some say this and some say this and some say this and some say this. And I want to go, what do you say? You've studied it so much. Tell me what you say. Tell me what you're convinced of. And more knowledge, sometimes people there, they go, I don't really know. More knowledge just kind of unseats you from what you really, I don't really know. And so it comes into this whole thing of, we don't really know. There's just a lot of opinions. And I just kind of wanted to share with you opinions. But I'll tell you, he said, who do you say that I am? He came and brought it back home. And, and Peter, remember, said, you're the Christ. He had conviction. The son of the living God. And he said, Peter, let me tell you, flesh and blood, people didn't reveal this to you, but my father. He said, and on this rock, I'll build my church. You know what he was saying? Upon revelation, upon belief in the, the core things, the main things, that's what I'm going to build my church on. Not on all the peripherals, not on all the stuff but on the real belief. And he says, and real belief doesn't come from people. It comes from God. That's why it's so important when we approach the word of God to say, God, make this real to me. Make your presence real to me. Make your word real to me. Make do what I'm doing real to me. And you know what? And I've said it and I'll say it again over and over. If what I'm preaching is not real, I don't want it. If God's presence is not in this church, I'm going to another church. If God's word is not uh, simple and real and, and it doesn't hit us and impact us and we're not doing what God's called us to be, I want to go back to the place. That's what Moses said. If your presence doesn't go with us, don't let us add more to the table Keep us simple. Keep us about the presence of God. Keep us about the word of God. Keep us about what God is saying to our lives. And can I tell you, it, this isn't just some nice Christmas message this morning. I think what the Lord is saying is stay simple. Go back to what, why are you here? Why are you serving God? When Jesus came into your life, is it still that pure? When adding to the main thing, make sure it stays about the main thing. It's not about how much you know, but how deeply you know it. And then I want to uh, show you in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'll just read through this quickly. It says, uh, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth again, and this is a very spiritual church. They moved in the gifts of the Spirit, and they had a lot going on. Sometimes, you know, when you see people who are very spiritual, you almost want to impress them a little bit more to say, well, I want to show them that I have this stuff too. I haven't been in this faith for a long time, but hey, come on, let me bring it on today. But I want you to notice what he said. Notice what he says to this church. He says, when I first came to you, 
He says, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom. I didn't try to give you a first good impression based on me. He said to tell you about God's secret plan. He says, for I decided, listen, I determined in my heart that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ. Say it with me. I determined that I would, say it together, forget everything except Jesus Christ. Now, Paul knew much more than that. Paul was very well studied. But he had to lay all that other stuff aside. And he had to say, I I came to you because probably the temptation, he probably said this because the temptation was to come and want to impress you. To come and want to show you that I'm the man. I know what I'm talking about. I know I just, I know I'm new to to faith and stuff in Jesus. But I... (laughs) I know what I'm talking about. But he said, I determined, I made a decision that I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, listen, and the one crucified. He intentionally didn't try to impress with his words, but he focused on, come on, say it, Jesus. He focused on Jesus. He says, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. See, the, again, the Corinthian church was a spiritual bunch and Paul would, may want to impress them and he said, I came to you, I, I, I came to you in weakness and in, in, in fear and trembling. Man, I didn't know how this, I didn't know how this sermon was gonna turn out. I didn't know how my words were gonna turn out. But I just came to you and said, all I have is Jesus. All I have is the message of the cross. All I have is the Lord. See, he, he said, you know, at a different time, I fear lest Satan would tempt you by getting you into everything else from the simplicity. He said, the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. In verse 4, it says, and my message and my preaching were very plain. <laughs> what does plain mean? No makeup, right? <laughs> no paint on the barn. I mean, no extras, no, no side dishes. He said, my message, my dad would say it, plain and simple, he, he was a straightforward guy to us. I'm just going to tell you plain and simple. In other words, I'm not going to beat around the bush. And Paul said, my message to you was very plain. And rather than using clever and persuasive speeches and illustrations and this and that, he says, I relied on the power, would you say it with me, the power of the Holy Spirit. I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I came and preached Jesus. I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit, plain and simple. And he says, here's why, verse 5. Here's why, for you, so that you'd trust not in human wisdom, not in Paul, but in the power of God. Because at the end of the day, Paul's going to die. He's going to be gone. At the end of the day, at some point, this church will be gone, I'll be gone, people around you will be gone, but you're going to be with God. And if you don't know God, you're sunk. It's not trying to get people hooked on a person or on a church or on a method. It's trying to get people hooked on Jesus. Why? (laughs) Not hooked on phonics, right? (laughs) Hooked on Jesus. Hooked on Jesus. Why? Because he really is the answer. Christmas is going to come and go. There'll be trends and all these things. But don't turn away from Jesus. I want to share this verse in James chapter 3. James chapter 3 says this. Listen, the wisdom that's from above the wisdom that's first from above is first, what, what's the word? What's the word? The wisdom that's from above is first pure. I, I would think they would say the wisdom that's from above has all knowledge and all understanding. Now he says the wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing 
to yield. It's pure. There's a purity that comes with the Lord. It's the first description of God's wisdom. Pure means what? Without extras, without contaminants. You know, when you talk about pure gold and people say pure gold, all gold has other metals. All gold has other copper and silver and impurities. Gold is determined as pure when it's pure enough to use for manufacturing new project products like jewelry and or electronics and things. And today, pure gold must be 99.95% uh, four nines pure in order to be called pure. And Jesus, uh, the Bible says that his wisdom must be first. See, pure gold is 99.95% pure. He's saying the wisdom that's from above, God's wisdom, it must first be pure. <laughs> because I've been to places, it's been so mixed up with other stuff. It's like Jesus is there, but all the rest of the junk is what you have to deal with. And he says, would you just keep it simple? And I know, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to share this week? And he said, just tell people to stay simple. Stay simple with Christmas. Stay simple with Jesus. Stay simple with their faith. When you're sharing with other people, they don't need a theologian. They need a friend. They don't need a person who knows everything. They need a person who knows him, who knows Jesus. Keeping it simple. So with Christmas, keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus came to this earth to save sinners. You and me. That's what Christmas is all about. And uh, so a couple of questions, and I'd just like you to bow your heads with me right now and just ask the Lord right now as we close this time. Listen, who is Jesus to you? Maybe he's become something else. Who is Jesus to you? What is Christmas all about to you? I know it's become things, but what is it? What is Jesus all about? I'm not against all the other stuff, but take time to really think about that. Stay simple. What things have I brought into the mix that distracts me from the simplicity that's in Christ? The simplicity that's in Jesus. The simplicity that's in the message of the cross. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.